Hey guys, today's episode touches on pretty sensitive content such as rape and sexual assault. If you would rather not hear that, go down to the show notes. We've made timestamps and you can skip it. Thanks. AFI Backstage Stories Oh, man. Um, you know, usually we come into this thing and I, and I feel like... With a little more drive. Well, you know, like sometimes, sometimes I come into this thing with you and I'm like, all right, you know, I don't really know exactly what I want to talk about, but I know that... Should I go from this side or from this From the front. From the, or from the front, like right. that. that like there. Okay, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> Give it to the guitar player to know, not know how the microphone's <laughs> supposed to be. But... Um, like sometimes I come in and I don't really have anything in mind and then like things just kind of connect and then we just end up talking about what, what comes anyway. Um, but this week, man, I think we have a really packed show. I have a lot of things to talk about. I have a lot of things to talk about. Yeah, and we, we once again had um, one of those weird situations. First of all, it's very nice to be back. After my two-week uh, kind yeah, two of week podcast. Absence. Yeah, man, it's nice to have you back. It's um, a, absence. Yeah. And we we often have the, these um, weird little cringy situations where we meet before the show and we don't really get a conversation rolling because yeah. in our minds it's like, okay, let's get it on the show. That's true. That's the only unfortunate <laughs> thing is like when we want to, when we meet up after two weeks, we want to catch up as friends. Yeah. But then we're like, well, we have so much to talk about. Let's just talk about it on the show. And we actually haven't set up a time we only had like one time in the last few months that we hung out that wasn't part of the show, right? That's true. It was like that one pizza night where, oh yeah, I showed you John Wick. And it was great. It's great. Everybody go watch John Wick and afterwards watch the documentary of um, <clears throat> Keanu Reeves working out for being able to do John Wick things. Oh, his behind the scenes uh, training? Yeah. Yeah, that's wild. Actually, I saw a YouTube video yesterday about a guy who was trying to claim that the, the way Keanu Reeves uh, poses in his photos with women, like just a little backstory, all of the photos you ever see of Keanu Reeves posing with fans, he very, like, it's very obvious that he does like the hover hand. Do you know the hover hand? Or like, if you go put your arm around a woman and you do this, like not touching the, the skin, like you keep like like a two inch or three inch distance, like 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 putting your arm around a waist without touching. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. As if as if like they could have easily photoshopped the person into you just holding your arm out to okay, no one. Okay. Okay. So it looks kind of weird. And like when you look at some photos of people doing this in like high school prom photos and stuff, usually the hover hand is a sign of of insecurity. Like maybe they're a bit nervous to touch the girl, or they you know whatever. Like they just don't want to be like awkward. Um, but it looks really funny in photos and Keanu Reeves says it with all of his photos. He does the hover hand yeah. with everybody and like, or sometimes he'll like, when they do a selfie with him, he won't, you know, put his arm around the shoulder or whatever, but he'll stand like just behind their shoulder, put his hands on his knees, like not touching them at all and kind of like squat behind them. And there was a bunch of theories about why he does this, you know? And so the reason that this YouTuber even made a video was because he had this theory. He read an article where someone said like, you know, Keanu Reeves is the celebrity from heaven that we didn't even know we needed. You know, like he's such a, I don't know, some sort of like hyper feminist yeah, 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 yeah. kind of guy where he's like, he's like, I respect you so much. I won't even touch you in the photos, which is one theory. 
It's one yeah. theory. And this YouTuber was like, he was saying that Keanu Reeves says the hover hand stuff because he's at such a point of fame now that he hasn't had since the early 2000s. Like, you know, since the Matrix, he hasn't really had like the strong, world's strongest career. You know, he did a few romantic comedies. He did some really cool indie movies. Like there's a lot of stuff I personally like him in. But um, in terms of like big Hollywood movies, like since since the last Matrix, there was there was like Constantine and there was like the the alien, the end of the world movie. I forgot what it was called. But he kind of got kind of kicked out of Hollywood for a little while. And then all of a sudden John Wick came up and now he's humongous again. Dude, he's got like, he's rebooting. And an absolute meme legend. He's Yeah, he's, <laughs> I mean, he did this, you know, that, um, what was that, that festival where he spoke, He it was like Comic-Con or something, I forgot, where he spoke, he had the blazer and he's like, you know, he's like, you're, you're beautiful, you're amazing. And then people made it to a meme. Anyway, he's like a hyper viral meme, yeah. super successful with John Wick. They re- they're rebooting Bill and Ted. They're rebooting The Matrix. He's got a Matrix 4 coming out next year. And it's just like, he. I, the theory from the YouTuber was that he's at such a height again that he hasn't had in so long. He's afraid that um, if he were to give anyone any reason to assume anything um, was inappropriate with his behavior, that it could be taken away. You know, like, for example, do you know this Neil deGrasse Tyson story where he took a photo with a woman, he, like, touched her arm, and then she tried to accuse him of sexual assault? She, no. she tried to, like, me to Neil deGrasse Tyson. Okay. So he had, there's the photo was, like, him, it's online, he, he's, like, there with some woman, I forget if it's, like, a fan, maybe, and then uh, the photo is that he, it's, re- for me, it l- just from my perspective, it looks very innocent. I have not read her story, so I can't vouch for what may or may not have happened there. But he has like both of his hands together just on the crease of her elbow. Like just, oh, look at that. Because she had a solar system on her tattoo on her shoulder, like on the back. So he like turns her and is like, look at that for the photo they were taking. And apparently after that photo was taken, she like accused him of like, you know, grabbing her and it was really inappropriate and stuff. And, and maybe it was, I, I don't know. I, don't, I wasn't there. But the fact was that Neil deGrasse Tyson is like such a person of power and then like that, just that one accusation caused a lot of trouble for him. It didn't derail his career really, but it caused a lot of trouble for a while, like a few months. And I think Keanu, because like this, or this, this theory that the YouTuber had, I forgot his name. The theory he was saying was that he's at such a place of power again, that he's consciously choosing to do the hover hand. To and not get into any weird situations. Exactly. To avoid it <clears throat> entirely. That way, if anyone were to say, like, Keanu, you know, Keanu touched me inappropriately in a, in a photo or something, they would look through every photo he's done with fans and he's never touching anyone. And I th- also think that's kind of a, a theory I could believe. Or maybe yeah. he's just a germaphobe. I mean, who knows? Yeah. Um, or he, maybe he's a friend of Bill Gates and he knew about this weird vi- virus already years ago so he avoided oh. <laughs> any form of physical contact it's like oh, i was just i was socially distancing years ago <laughs> no but terrible I, impression. I also could could totally believe that um when you're on when you're that huge and that famous yeah um that you just don't want to i think you have to think about your how how people see you and how how those photos look etc yeah. and 
I could imagine that he just had this point, okay, I don't like touching everybody and hugging and shaking hands, etc. Yeah. Okay, but if I do it, I gotta do it straight. So no touching no more. Right. Plus bonus of there can not really be any any photos be taken that might be interpreted. Right. There's no there's no photo that's gonna be like, well look here, see he's grabbing my waist yeah. and after that he tried to kiss me or something. It's like he's so yeah. distant from everyone. Um but yeah, that just made me think about that. It came up so randomly yesterday. I think it was just in my like autoplay on YouTube. Like this guy just popped up and um yeah that's a really really interesting way to think about it. But I don't know. I don't know. I mean I, everything I've ever known about him is, I mean, just the same as everyone else, that he's just extremely humble and really helpful and kind and thankful to be in the business at all. I heard that he would he would give up like huge chunks of his paychecks in, in big blockbuster movies to, to be able to work with great actors. Like I think in The Devil's Advocate, which I personally like a lot, that he gave up a big portion of his paycheck to go so he could work with Al Pacino. Mm-hmm. And then like in the... So that's for the production they could... So Ford, they could afford oh, him. Okay. Yeah. And then I think also in um in the Matrix movies, like the second or third one, I think he also took a pay cut so that the production could afford the best special effects. I think there was like something with the cost was just so high and he was such a uh, he was such an A-lister at, at the early 2000s. I think he was like, you know what? I'm already worth millions. You know, by the time he had done the first Matrix, that was it, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and Bill and Ted was a huge success too. So, yeah, maybe that's just him protecting himself now. Maybe he's just a legend. I think he's just a legend, man. <laughs> he's just such a good guy. Did you ever see the video where he was in a... Um, he was taking like a a basic economic commercial flight uh, and it couldn't... Something, I think it, it, it got... Uh, it had to land in the middle of nowhere, like some small town, I mean, I'm probably butchering all of this, but I think small town in some small town in California and he needed to get back to Los Angeles or something. And so instead of, you know, taking a private jet or a helicopter or a limo or whatever he could do, not that he, not that he has to, but that he could do, he like, you know, talks to everybody in the airport who's been stranded to, he, you know, tries to find out how can we all get our bags? How can we get our stuff? They're like, oh, well, you know, we can't fly any more planes out of this airport um, today. But uh, you guys could either stay in a hotel and get the flight tomorrow or you could take a bus. And they're all just like, well, why don't we just take a bus? And then like he rides on the bus with everybody and they like, you know, they go to Hardee's, this fast food place. <laughs> and he's like showing the music on his phone. And <laughs> it's a, It's a great, it's like so humble. It's so nice, you know? Now that's cool. He's not in a rush. Wholesome, wholesome Keanu content. Yeah. You know, I think that's also post John Wick too. So he's like kind of huge again. Yeah. He's just chilling on the plane. But yeah, um, there's a uh, man. There's been so much this week. I, I think we might even try and call this episode like the good, the bad and the ugly or something. Something like that. And I would, I would like to start with something good. good. Yeah. I reckon it was good. Because you were on a little mountain hut all weekend and recording yeah. Yeah. for some new record, which is not yours. Would yeah. you tell us more about that? Yeah, it's the first time I've been a session musician in a long time, man. It was really cool. Um, so I think the person I recorded for 
likes to stay pretty, like more or less anonymous in a way. Um, because of, you know, the other work that he does and stuff. It's not like some crazy mystery. It's just, you know, this is more of a hobby for, for him. It's just a, a friend. And anyway, so he uh, hired me and my good friend Marcus and my good friend Tim and had some older guys. So he's an older guy and he has a couple of dudes who live in his hometown in this mountain town um, who they, he's been playing with them for like 30 years or something. They're all in their fifties and up to, they're all actually almost 60, I think, except for, well, bass players. Uh, I think he's like 10 years younger than them. But anyway, I was the youngest one there. I felt like the baby. <laughs> you <laughs> felt know? like me. Dude, it was, it was two 40 year olds, a 50 year old and two 60 year olds and me a 30 year old. So I was just the last, the last generation for them. Um, and it was really cool. It was so much fun. So, you know, um, I finished a project that I'm going to talk about also later on Thursday. And then I stayed over, I took a train down to the, to the town, stayed over there at a friend's house. And then on Friday morning, I actually went to my mother-in-law's house and had lunch with her. And then, we all packed up the stuff and took this big bus up to some crazy uh, cabin that I had never seen before. I think it's like 500, 600 meters up. And it was beautiful, man. It was it was just big enough to fit five or six people moderately comfortably. Um, so you also stayed there overnight, etc.? Yeah, I've stayed there Friday night and Saturday night and we came back Sunday. And... It was, we had like bunk beds, we had, um, you know, like cases and cases of booze, wine, food, everything, you know, we were not going to leave, you know? Yeah. Um, we had a bathroom and a shower there, but no one showered the whole time, <laughs> which is kind of gross. So, so um, we know some things don't change. Maybe 13-year-old boys having a LAN party or a bunch of 50-year-olds recording music on the yeah. little hat <laughs> yeah it doesn't change it doesn't change no one showered uh, <laughs> the only thing we did was that you know how um in the south and maybe you can help explain this to me because i i don't i didn't know it was so common but i realized it was really common it, you know those like consistently never-ending spring wells of the from the mountain water yeah is that like really 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 common for me that's crazy that there's just an endless spring of water pouring out of this like a pipe from the ground you know it looks like a tree trunk and there's like a little tube coming and it's just this endless well of water we all just dipped our heads under there a few times like just to get the cold water on our necks but that was the most we showered but um is that just all over the town is it like all over that is region it, is is it like a like a like a wooden trunk yeah yeah exactly um it's a it's a it's a it's a thing um for I, is it an agricultural not, thing or is it just for... Yeah, I, I'm, okay. I, I don't want to say anything wrong about this, um, but I guess um, originally it is an agricultural thing, but I also guess over the past decades it has become more and more of a thing for tourists when they go for hikes and stop by a little hut, get, them, get a little little snack or whatever, to fill up their water bottles, etc. Ah, uh, okay, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I filled up my water bottle like a thousand. Yeah, but times. I guess originally it's it's obviously an agricultural thing. Okay, I mean, it's really nice, just like fresh, fresh mountain water, and you can just you can drink it, you can put a, put shower in it. It's, it's really nice. And um, 
it was this cool little cabin. You could see all the mountains around. And um, so we had 14 songs to do, which was a lot. But the cool thing was the whole structure was really simple. But basically what, what this guy does is he chooses, he chooses famous songs, like for example, uh, Lola by the Kinks. And he keeps the same exact guitar, like the same progression, the same chords and the vibe and the same uh, melody. Yeah. So he keeps exactly that, but replaces that melody, replaces that text in that melody with his dialect, the Southern dialect there in that region. So um, just puts his own words, his own story into it, but just replaces the, just keeps the same song. So we had 14 songs to learn. We had like a Pete Townsend song. We had two John Prine songs. Um, We had, um, actually just today on my Instagram, I put up a a clip of us doing souvenirs, the Steve Goodman, John Prine song, which is just so Mm -hmm. beautiful. We, so the whole thing, the whole structure that he wanted was, only three acoustic guitars, one upright bass, and some harmonies. Okay. So it's extremely pure. Like the purest So not even a, a cajon or something. Some songs have a cajon. Okay. Yeah, and a little shaker. Okay. But it was all, everything was done live. So every song is live. And some songs are only one take. We would like run it. So basically me and the other two guitar players, my friends, we, we would say like, okay, what's the next song? And so like, let's say one song was like Waterloo Sunset. So then we would say, okay, um, I'll do the main strumming because yeah. I'm not much of an imp- improvisational guitar player, but I'm really good at keeping time. It's like, I'll, I'll play this really straight, really clean. Give, you know, for example, Tim, I'll give him the space to do these open phrasings, like really dreamy and like he can really do these nice harmonies. Marcus can do like put a capo up, do the the higher phrasing of the chords, maybe do some picking. And we did that for every song. We just chose like, okay, you do that, you do that, I'll do this. Okay, cool. Now it's done. Marcus is an amazing guitar player. He's unbelievable. For those who do not know him, he's a guitar player who lives on a farm and is the basically the the musical partner of the very famous super successful guy. Super successful yeah. Bavarian comedian um Maxi Schafroth. Yeah, right. Yeah. I mean, if you're in the southern part, like from the southern half of Germany down, you may have heard of Maxi Schaffold. Super, super successful. Like you call it, uh, um, the style he does is... Cabaret? Cabaret, which is funny because um, <laughs> it's something cab- cabaret is totally different, different yeah, in, in English. English yeah. Um, but yeah, that's the style. And yeah, they do like, you know, multi-thousand people rooms, theaters and, and stuff. One big awards, et cetera, yeah. Many, many awards, yeah. They make good money and stuff. And So you were three guitar <clears throat> players, sorry. Three guitar players. <laughs> no, 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 it's all good. Marcus is really cool to work with. I mean, he's he's very sure of himself. And, you know, it's similar to like Tim. They just they just know. It's, it was a good challenge for me too because they, they're so familiar with like musical theory. Yeah. They're so familiar with... Oh, oh, this is like, you know, an A dominant fifth over nine. So I'm going to play like a seventh <laughs> over F sharp or whatever, like blah, blah, blah. Some Frugian improvisation, some, whatever. Some crap. Like, okay, just <laughs> go, go do your math and I'll stay here and play the chords, you know? But it was perfect because it was a good challenge for me to try and step up my game. Like I wanted to be like, no, I, I belong on this record too. Because they're so good. It's like, okay, well, what can I actually bring to the table? So I was like doing my best, like my 
best picking work, trying to be as clean as like precise with the time as I, as I possibly could. And, um, yeah, I really, I really enjoyed doing it. And some songs were really cool too, because it felt so, it felt so free in the way that, um, we would like some songs were, were these bluesier, heavier songs. So, you know, the singer would start drinking beers at like two or three or, two, or you know, one. And then like, we'd get till five o'clock and he's maybe like four or five beers in and he'd be like, all right, let's do the blues one. And then, you know, it was like, all right, well, let's get really nasty with this. So <laughs> then we would do like a shot of Encian, the shot of this really strong, really nice, like flowery schnapps and just, uh, just go to town on this blues song, like heavy trading solos. You know, at some point the singer was like, um, getting up in the middle of the room during the recording and was like hitting the wall and like clapping his hands. <laughs> and we kept that take because it's just so like live and like yeah. in your face and real. And um, there's a lot of great, like really authentic raw moments that we just kept. And I think it's going to be a good record. A few of them are really Oh man, like especially the one that I posted today, like this idea, just so pure, like three guys picking their cleanest, cleaning their, like playing their best picking of this like bluegrassy country style. I love that. I didn't realize how much I loved it. It's really like harmony. Yeah. Uh, in my ears, it feels so like, you know, like a hug. And it was so nice to do that. And then some songs are heavy strumming with cajon and really like screaming and heavy. So the whole range is there. And we did Friday night, we did three songs. And then Saturday, starting at like nine in the morning, we did 11 songs. Oof. Sometimes we never did more than three takes. I'd say the three was the most. And that was just on like a couple of songs. Most of the time we just did like two takes. And uh, everything was there in the moment. You know, we sang harmonies in the moment. But did, did, you, did you get the songs before this weekend and learned yeah. them okay yeah well that we we kept it we still kept it pretty fresh i mean for example we got the list of that he wanted <clears throat> i think a month ago or two months ago but all of us kind of said like well you know let's listen to the song let's know what it's going to be like yeah. and i ran through the songs all of them one whole time with the singer maybe a month ago And then all of us basically just said like, well, look, let's just listen to it before we do it. So we'd listen to like half of it and say, okay, that's more or less the rhythm. And then we had chord charts with the text in front of us. So we could go like, okay, there's that change. So it didn't, I mean, even if we had never heard it, it was totally fine to just jump in and, and, and do it. So, but that was a lot of fun. It was a really, really cool weekend, beautiful weather. We had like this really crazy thunderstorm on uh, Saturday night which was perfect because we had finished everything. We just sat at this table. We put all the gear away. We got black out hammered, <laughs> jammed guitar and like sang, sang every Beatles song that there is. <laughs> that was so much fun. Like I, I hadn't, I hadn't sang like uh, nowhere man or um, what was another one we hadn't sang in such a long time. I can't remember, but it was so cool to just, uh, Yeah, just pop out all these classics and jam and sing along and pound the table. And um, the only problem was that I had to share a room with the loudest snore <laughs> I have ever heard in my life. Is it Tim? No, it was the singer, man. <laughs> it was the it was like a hippopotamus in the mud, you know. Just <laughs> it was terrible, dude. It was absolutely terrible. Well, but 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 
because there's a. Did you record it? Well, well, no, no, but it was impossible to sleep. But um, there's some. There's three really great jokes. All right. That I got from this weekend, and I'm hoping. I'm pretty sure all except maybe one can translate just on audio that you don't have to see me to do it. Okay. And I think because we have some heavier content coming up in a little bit, I'll spread them out. So maybe I'll just do one now and then we can do the other ones later when it's after, after we talk about the heavier stuff. So <clears throat> this is a great joke. There's a German version. So we, all these three jokes I heard on, uh, when we were drinking on, on Saturday night and, um, <laughs> it's so stupid. Um, all three can be told in, in German and in English. And I heard this first one. Um, I didn't quite understand the verb, but I got the context. Okay. So I understood the joke in German and thought it was great. And then I said, oh man, that's a shame that we don't have... But will you bring it in German? I, I, I didn't <laughs> ask what that what that verb was. I should have though, because I could have tried it. But basically, there's like, it's a, it's a play on words. And then um, I'm just saying too much already. I got an English version. I got an <laughs> English right. version. So it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. So <clears throat> one night there's a guy, a, a father sitting at home on his sofa, watching the television. All of a sudden he hears a, a knock on the door. He gets up, opens the door. There's a young man standing there and he says, hi, nice to meet you. I'm... Uh, I'm going to say like the, the German title. Say, hi, I'm Tobias, Tobias, and I'm here to have sex with your daughter. And the guy goes, to what? And he goes, Tobias. <laughs> oh, it sucks, man. I, I know that it one. Sucks. I know that one. <laughs> I can't sell it on the audio. I can't sell it here. Damn I, it. But I knew that one. You knew that one already. Uh, yeah. In German, it works with the name Umberto. Yeah, that was the one. That was the one. Umberto. Um was? Umberto. <laughs> I love that. But what's the um, what's the verb? Well, I'm, I'm like, ich bin hier zum deine Tochter um, um was? I'm here to um what, your daughter? Um mit deiner Tochter Sex zu haben, um mit deiner Tochter zu schlafen. Oh. Something. That's where um, see, I thought um was like the prefix to a verb. I'm here, like, for your daughter to um something. I'm here to um sex you or um, um no, touch but, her. But um, um blah 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 zu tun is like uh, um to zu do. Tun. Ah, okay. Then then that's why I kept, oh, then you can do that. Then I can translate that. Okay. I thought it was, yeah. Anyway, sometimes those prefixes confuse me. I, I thought it was something else. Um, Yeah, that's that. Like, oh man, I love that joke. I'm here to have sex with your daughter. To what? Tobias. <laughs> I, I should have sold it differently. But there's some other good ones too that don't take so much emphasis on the punchline. I love. They're so silly. <laughs> they're so silly. But um, but yeah, actually, so before this weekend recording in the mountains, um, I had another. I had a really cool project. So, um, our friend and previous guest um sebastian bolenius is uh, now as we talked about he's living in lisbon and he's um right now he's working for this uh portuguese television channel it's like the big public basic cable channel a bit like i think he said it's a bit like germany's Arte. yeah so it's a, it's it's rtp i don't know what the what that stands for but i think it's like something something portugal probably <laughs> And um, they have a new show and the con I don't, I think I might've mentioned this already. The concept being like, 
Yeah, I'll breeze through it yeah, in case we, we do. Yeah, we, we talked about this did, like right? four episodes ago. Okay. That you're go- about to do this. Right, okay. So just like a quick briefing would be that like each episode picks a person in a specific field, gives them a problem, and then they come up with the concept of how to solve, you know, the problem. And so Basti and I, he, he flew over to Munich and we... um we came up with a concept and that was also a really great collaboration because it was kind of fresh and kind of raw. And we, we built the concept together. Sometimes we would like be shooting something. We would stop recording. We'd talk for 10 minutes and then have the concept for the rest of the day. It was like, Oh, we just did it. We just built the story. And it was so nice and fresh to be able to bounce that kind of idea around. And like, I just love working with people like that. It's so relaxed. You're just, you know, you're having fun you, you, you're never stressed. You, you have plenty of time to get things done because you've already made the whole thing together. You've set it up. And, um, yeah, he came over and, and on, I think that was Wednesday. Yeah. So Wednesday, he came over, I think Tuesday evening, then Wednesday morning we started and we shot like the, so the problem was an earworm and the concept that we came up with was like, okay, a musician thinks about an earworm. But how to compose it or how to get rid of the earworm? Both. Ooh. First, you dissect it, right? We talked about, we looked at uh, f- five or six major, major all-time famous pop hits that are known from university surveys famously for getting stuck in your head. So we looked at some of these songs and we broke down, you know, what's happening in the song? What key is the song in? What are the chords in the song? You know, are they repeating it a lot? Is it a simple melody? Is it in like a a normal register? Is it just going up and going down? And then we looked at um, what are some solutions people have already put online, like a mental floss. There's a link on, on some suggestions of how to fix it. And we, then we tried those um, solutions. And then, so like we needed to have a journey that I could go on to to dive deeper into this and try and like explore the earworm. So it's really cool. We came up with a concept that um, I would look at, you know, four or five major pop songs, look at the chords of the songs, see which ones they have in common, which was every single time they had like four or five of the same chords. Um, and actually, I, I'm not an Ed Sheeran fan, but there is a great video of him on a British talk show where he has a guitar and he plays like back to back, completely random pop hits with just the same four chords. It's really cool because that that's often the case. And so we, I chose four chords from these major songs. I chose uh, C major, E minor, A minor, and D major. And they were they they were all present in all these songs at some point. And I said, okay, I'll choose three different composers who have a completely different style of music from each other. One of them being, you know, of course, Tim, who has a strong... Um, rock. Strong, yeah, strong, uh, str- like a lot of strength in, in rock and country and folk and singer-songwriter style. And then I would look into um, another composer friend of mine uh, named Giovanni Berg, and he has a really a lot of strength in um, cinematic, electronic, maybe like m- leaning more into like EDM hip hop style. So almost like Hans Zimmer, like very, very cinematic, very eerie electronic style. And then the third person would be David Reichert, who I've worked with on like Hindafing and stuff. And he has his own very, I would say like he's very jazzy. 
But as a strong classical background. And a strong classical background. Exactly. Yeah. So that was the three that I wanted to try and give them give them the same four chords. Yeah. And say, okay, you have to put those four chords in that order. You can't change that. But you can change the tempo. You can do whatever you want. 20 or 30 seconds, really short. Make me like make this an earworm. Like what's make it as catchy as you possibly can. And that was just that open. I was like, just make it as catchy as you possibly can. You have, you can do anything you want. It doesn't have to be guitar. It can be piano, it can be cellos, it can be e-guitar, it could be anything. And uh, they really pulled through, dude. It was a very interesting journey. On um, so, but uh, yeah. how long? As, what does the time span they had <clears throat> to solve this problem? Because they you had, went there for shootings, like for Tim, you 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 took the train or the car, whatever. Yeah, yeah. One and a half hours ride to his studio and to shoot there. Yeah, but I guess he kn knew about the the problem before you actually came there to shoot. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we um, the week before Basti flew over, we had texted that that was what we would do, and I I think I sent them the track like one week ahead. Mm -hmm. And said, you know, just really quick when you have time, just try and figure out something like this. I think they had a week to do it. Maybe a little more, maybe like nine days or something. Okay. And then um, they all had three totally different approaches. Wednesday, it was just me and him. We did this whole setup where my 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 character or the, the version of me in the show is like, you know, doing an artsy-fartsy immigrants episode. Um, I even mentioned the name. I even give out our... You know, I talk about like our Instagrams, like you can, oh, send us in an idea if you want to do this and this. And like, do you remember when I posted um, not too long ago, maybe last month about um, like, do you have a song stuck in your head? Uh, send it to me. So we just reenacted that where I was like, hey, you know, at Artsy Fartsy Immigrants, whatever, like send me your most addictive songs. And um, then we had, then we like, you know, from the list, we looked at some songs and that was true. I, I saved the songs people sent me and looked at the songs. And then we broke down the chords from there. And then from the chords, I wondered if the earworm factor was limited by genre. So I said, why don't we choose three composers who have totally different genres and see if they can make something really catchy. So then I chose those guys. And yeah. So then they had the, they had the chords, they made the thing. And then Thursday we went to each person and did an interview with them and played their song, broke down the song. All within one day. We did it in one day. <laughs> Intense, man. Yeah, we met with Giovanni at nine. So Giovanni and David are both based in Munich. Both in Munich. Okay. Yeah. That's that's okay. So we did both of them and we're done with both of them by, I would say, four o'clock, maybe three o'clock. We had like a little bit of a long lunch. And then we drove down to Immenstadt with to, to where Tim is and uh, and shot his there. Davids was cool too because um, he didn't do his ahead of time like Giovanni and Tim did. He waited until I showed up to for us to do it together in the moment. Ooh, because he's a freak. Because he's a freak. <laughs> because he's such a freak, dude. In in the best way. And, yeah, yeah. Oh, and and he uh, he wanted to like show show the viewers or whatever like how fast he can work and how fast we can work together and stuff, which was great because it kind of broke up the formula a little bit in a cool way. Yeah. Like, you know, Giovanni's was, he showed us the thing, we broke it down piece by piece and he talked about his, his philosophy on what makes something catchy. Yeah. And then David's was, um, you know, we, 
we played piano, we played guitar, he had ideas, I sang something, I wrote text, he added saxophone. It was like all in the moment. So he had a lot of interesting stuff going on. And Tim's, he had also prepared it and we went there, interviewed him, broke it down. And then he told his philosophy. You know, the cool thing was, I really was hoping that all three of them would have a different philosophy on what makes something catchy. And I didn't tell them I wanted that. And they all just happened to do that. Like Giovanni's thing is, um, he believes very strongly in the the process of tension and release. And for if anyone's listening who doesn't really know too much about like behind the scenes of music, that all that basically means is like, you know, this this really um, this setup before the drop kind of feeling where you get like a little touch of the melody, just a taste of it. And it's teasing it and teasing it and teasing it. You know, like this. And that's the release. Like every club song ever. Yeah, club songs is like the perfect example of a very clear tension and release. And then David's was all about the arrangement and the story. So he was like, okay, the melody has to tell a story. Like go, your journey has to start here and it has to end somewhere else. And then, or it has to be able to repeat really smoothly and it's all about the arrangements it's all about the things behind the melody that support it and i thought that was also really interesting and then tim's also totally different he was like you have to make it as simple as you possibly can and repeat it (laughs) and i was like all right that makes sense too yeah that's all true it's all true look at like you look at like Somebody that I used to know, somebody that's super simple, super repetitive, or like moves like Jagger. Oh my God, man. Super repetitive, super easy. Um, Lady Gaga, Poker Face, Bad Romance, like all these songs are really simple melodies, super, super repetitive. So it was a good, um, it was a really, really informative day. And I have to say, we were so impressed with the songs and we actually can't seem to get rid of tim's song out of our head tim, tim i think tim did uh, so tim won the won the won the the the, the earwarmest award uh, i would say like i haven't heard their we we, we heard like the 90 finished product for the filming day and they're gonna send us the final track soon um so the it, it could still change but yeah we we really had that song in our head and i can show you later nice yeah but i love cool. those kind of formats and i um yeah. and i had to laugh Because I s- have you seen by chance the newest um, season of Family Guy? No, I haven't watched that in so long. Okay, think, because actually. there is an. Um, I had to laugh very hard because I've seen your story, Instagram story, while we you were shooting for this project, whilst watching one of the newer episodes. And there's one episode which basically has the story: Peter gets fired um, from his job but interpreted by three different directors. First in the style oh. of um, of Quentin Tarantino. Of course. Second, Wes Anderson. And third, what's his name? This crazy Transformers guy, John May. Oh, Michael Bay? Michael Bay, not oh John May. Oh my God. Michael Bay. Oh my God. And it's super funny. Is it on Netflix or? Um, Amazon Prime. And I've seen a super... Super cool format um, from a kind of hip-hop magazine. They get hip-hop producers from Germany. um, And the guests they had before um, can choose three LPs. And the DJ they they get up to has one hour to listen. No, 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 he can listen through those three LPs and then has one hour 
to build a beat. And oh, it's wow. super funny because there's been one crazy hip-hop producer I love. His name is Funkfather Frank. Funkfather Frank. Like Funk... Funk, 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 father Frank. Funk father Frank, that's cool. Um, and he got three LPs. One has been pretty basic and cool. Some kind of solely samples that have already been used by legends like DJ Premier or something. Um, the soundtrack of the movie 2010, and a kind of. Um, Do you mean 2001? Like the no, there in the 80s there has been a, a film called like futuristic whatever movie called 2010. Oh, crazy. Okay. Um, plus the soundtrack to um, um, to musical, or has, has been a musical about a little mermaid. <laughs> so, and he okay. had to build a beat from those three... Um, <laughs> That's cool. From those um, three vinyls, and it's amazing. And it's the, it's the same procedure, okay? You get this problem. Uh-huh. Here are three random <laughs> long players, whatever. Go on it. And I love this kind of format. So I'm very curious on um, how your project will turn out. Oh, man. That's a really... What, what is that called again? Like, what's the the the, the show called where you saw that? Or the... Um, <laughs> it is a funny name. And I guess the joke only works in German. It's called Lass mal ein Bauen. Like, which, le- leave me a bone? Or no. <laughs> leave your bone. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, Lass mal ein Bauen is kind of a... Is it last is like leave, like let it, right? Um, no, let's. Oh, let's. Like let's. Let, it, last it, it's, it's tra- It translates to let's build one. Word let's by build. word. Oh, the, oh, that makes sense. But okay, in German, okay. it's kind of slang for rolling, rolling a joint. Like rolling a joint. Ah, okay. Lass mal ein bauen. Oh, funny. Okay. Oh, that's cool. So okay. it doesn't work that good in, in English, but um, pretty funny, funny format. I was thinking about... Uh, and like not too long ago in the school, uh, I heard some kids like wanted another kid to stop doing something. And they were like, Lasses, Lasses. Yeah. And I was like, oh, he means like stop it or like, you know, yeah. like leave it be or something. And then another kid was speaking in English and the same kind of incident occurred. And he was like, oh, let it, let it. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's the literal translation. Okay, yeah. okay, and now I, now I got it. So then loss always kind of stayed in my head. Uh, Dude, on, the, on this cabin, this mountain cabin thing, um, you know, if I spend enough time with a certain group of Germans and it's maybe a different generation or a different dialect or whatever, I always end up hearing a certain word a lot that I never spent much time on. Like there was a, there was a time where I felt like for a month, all I ever heard was, um, past. I mean, that's very common, you know, past, past. And now, now of course it's in my vernacular and and I use it on my own. And there was a time where, um, Zicha was a word that I heard everywhere all the time. And I was like, why am I hearing this everywhere? And then it became part of my, it's just like, I don't know, you start recognizing more words and then you just pick up on it. And on this weekend, the word that I heard, I felt like I heard it like a thousand times was Wahnsinn. 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 It's like crazy, right? Yeah. And at first I I heard it and I I, I think I maybe I made a subconscious choice to not Google translate it. I was like, no, I'm going to f- try and figure that one out. And then they talked about some crazy explosive movie. And they're like, ah, oh, that's the Wahnsinn. I was like, oh, I bet he means that's like intense or crazy or insane. Yeah, yeah. And then it kind of just made sense later. Like, oh, it's crazy. Okay, something's crazy. And it's, yeah, it's just funny how that kind of kind of happens. Like Michael, But I, I, yeah. I have the, the same with, with English words. Really? And um, most often with British English words. 
because there are some super funny ones. Like I, I told you a few episodes um, ago, it's still since two months or something, the, the English word that has stuck to my mind, British English word, mm-hmm. is shithousery. <laughs> shithousery. And I absolutely love it. That's a good one. <laughs> How would you use it in a sentence? Like, uh, like I'm tired of all this shithousery? <clears throat> yeah, it's... Or that party was just... It's been used in a, in, a, in, a, in a lot of memes... Um, regarding um, the English soccer league because it ended. Um, And there are memes like, because when one team gets awarded um, champion of the season in England, from the point that it's clear because they don't have a playoff system or something. So they just have kind of a regular season Mm -hmm. and you have enough points and the other ones can reach you, you're already champion because there are only like three games left and you're like 11 points apart but you could only get nine points out of three games so you're already champion before the season ended okay. that's kind of the thing and in england it's tradition that um from the moment on that you are already declared champion because no one can reach you anymore mm-hmm. every team you play at has to give you a guard of honor when you get on the field ah, okay and it um and there was this one meme about this one player um who got back to his old club who tr- didn't treat him that good and got this guard of honor. And they just called it shithousery. Oh, uh, that's like so- getting back. So <laughs> with big balls, I'm a champion now. <laughs> that's good. Okay. Yeah, I can see. I can see why you'd like that one. I like that one too. That's a good one. Yeah. I don't know. Sometimes these words just pop up and they stick. They just, they just stand out. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, but man. Okay. So I think I'm ready now. There was oh let me do another joke and then I'll and then I'll do the, okay. the heavy thing. Okay, so I think we should get some sound effects for the jokes afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> like the drum, like um okay. Yeah, okay, I'll do this one. So um you probably already know this one. But um a group of friends are hanging out one night at a bar, and one of the friends has a terrible uh, hunchback. You know, like the hunchback of Notre Dame. Like, yeah, 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 like this. So he has a big hunch on his back and he goes up to the bartender to get another beer. And the bartender says, um, Hey, you know, if, uh, actually if you walk out into the woods and you go past that dark point where no one goes and you go all the way to the end, to the dead end, you, you could, there's a voice there and you can talk to that voice. You can make a wish and maybe you can get rid of this, uh, hunchback. He's like, really? So he, he decides to leave the bar and he goes out to the woods and he, you know, he, he's, he's so heavy on him and he, he's so insecure about this hunchback and he, he kind of like, you know, hustles all the way down to the woods and goes into the dark part and goes all the way down to the dead end where it's really spooky and dark and scary. And he says, um, hello. And a voice says, do you have a hunchback? And he says, yes. And it was gone. And he stood up straight. He said, oh my God, I can't believe it. My hunchback's finally gone. This is amazing. <laughs> so he runs back to the bar and he goes and he tells his friends, guys, guys, I went into the woods and I found a voice. I made a wish and look, my hunchback's gone. I'm, I'm healed. And one of the friends in the group has a terrible, like a bum leg. He can barely walk on it. And he goes, do you think that the voice would also heal me? And he goes, of course he would. You have to go out there and try. So the guy says, okay. So he limps and drags this heavy, you know, busted leg all the way down the forest, all the way down to the last turn and all the way to the dead end at the pitch black part of the woods. And he goes, hello. 
and a voice says, do you have a hunchback? He goes, no. <laughs> now you do. <laughs> I love that. I love that joke, man. <laughs> I just love picturing him with like, no, 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 no. <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> so bad. So bad. Um, okay. So, um, I, man, ah, so I found out on, uh, so I, we were, we were recording, uh, Tim's segment on Thursday evening and yeah. we had, we had just finished, we had wrapped up all the gear and we were, um, we were just like having a beer outside in the sun, the sunset. And, um, I think somebody sent me, I'm pretty sure somebody sent me the, the link I, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm pretty positive. I don't remember who. I think it was on Instagram. So there was a a, a a woman who is in this band called Pageants, and she had made an Instagram post um, that mentioned that she had been in a band with a certain musician, and she had, this was basically her public accusation of sexual assault against him um she made i think two separate rape accusations against him with a lot of other very difficult to read and inappropriate assault uh accusations and um so it's like if you go to her if you go to the pageant span page it's you know um she you can read it for yourself and it's it's like nine i think it's nine slides it's pretty graphic. It's very, very honest. It's very difficult to read. It must have been very, very difficult to write, especially to post. Um, she said that she had difficult difficulty for about 10 years. Um, that's the point. The events that she accuses. It was 10 years ago. Exactly. Yeah, that's important to mention as well. Yeah. So it was 10 years ago, everything that she's talking about. And she had left the band 10 years ago. And now she finally has the the courage and the strength and everything with um, what's going on in the culture to, to uh, talk about it. And the musician that she's accusing of, of raping her is a musician that I not only had had deeply, deeply admired the music of, which is, which is one thing already that would already disappoint me enough. Um, he was a musician that um, when I was like 16 or 17, I discovered his music. We we're the same age. Um, he had basically broken pretty deeply and quickly into the indie music scene when he was still in high school. He got signed to like the, one of the most prestigious indie rock labels in the world, Sub Pop Records. He he toured around. I saw his his concert in New Orleans. I think maybe a tour that she might have even been on. I'm not totally sure about that. Um, I can't, can't be positive enough to confirm. Um, you know, I, I approached, I had written them emails. I had approached them at the concert. I had, I had like a dinner with him. He let me in like backstage at the concert. I, I really respected him. Um, he ended up, um, years later, um, collaborating and even, uh, playing guitar on and co-producing one of my albums and you know this was like all you brought him in from the states I, yeah we we flew him in as like a, a, you know an additional musical ear to contribute to the record and um play guitar on it and to play guitar on it yeah and his and his um his uh 
what do you call it? His addition to the, his contributions to the album were so exactly what we had hoped for in terms of what it sounds like. And um, the musician that she's accusing of is Avi Buffalo. And his name is um, Avi, uh, I think it's Avi Zahner Eisenberg. Avi Eisenberg. So yeah, Avi, Avi Zahner Eisenberg. That's his full name. And um, his music name is Avi Buffalo. And I'm pretty sure he's from California. I think he's my age. And um, she, when she accused him, I think this was, she may have went public last Wednesday. So now it's Tuesday. It's been a little while. And he was extremely active on Instagram. I think I had to unfollow him because he was posting. Yeah. He was posting very strange content. First off, like weird stuff. And he was posting like, I think he was posting like every six or seven minutes or something. Yeah. If you went to his profile, there would be like, okay, 10,000 followers, 20,000 posts or something like that. Yeah. And a lot of sexual stuff. Yeah, that I mean, that's that's already like so. I, many. I don't want to want to draft the conversation to 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 a weird place here, but no, no, no. Um, that's something that um, came in a very strange um, way. Again, to my mind, mm-hmm. after I read this this story. Yeah, I mean, he had. Um, yeah, I unfollowed him. I unfollowed him during the recording of our album because I found his Instagram so obnoxious, and. Okay, so despite what this, I'll I'll just talk about a little bit about my experience with him in the studio because um, I already had I had a lot of problems with him. Um, just bef- before that, let me let me yeah. get in very cr- quick for all our listeners. Yes, um, why we're talking about this because right. this is a big thing. The label Sub Pop has removed all of his music right. signed under their name, and lo- you told um, told me before that. Um, a lot of people, at least some people, came up to you and said, okay, Jordan, what do you say about this whole thing? You right. got to know this, this guy, Evie Buffalo, and, and he played on your album. Right. And you came up to me and said, okay, I don't want to do a post or anything. I want to talk about this in this podcast. So there is no room for interpretation or something. And you just can, you have the room to tell what you, you want to do. Right. Right. Yeah. That's, that's the reason. Yeah. That's, that's basically it. Yeah. I had, um, I, so as soon as I saw the news on Thursday, I sent it to all my friends who had not only recorded on the record, but to people that I knew that they knew I had worked with them and that they, they knew that I had liked his music and stuff and immediately had a handful of people writing me, asking me, you know, like, am I going to say something? Um, am I going to post something? Am I going to go back and delete everything I ever uh, did with him? Or, you know, like, what's your, what's your move? And I thought, I don't know. I don't really know if I have a move. And right now I'm so disappointed. I'm so shocked. And honestly, Thursday night, all I did was um, I sat for probably two hours, honestly. And I, first I read her entire post. And then I, I read a lot of the comments that there had been previous accusations that I didn't know anything about and went to those um, women's Twitter pages and read their um, accusations as well. So I think it, I think it's four. I I really, I really can't be 100% sure, but I think it's four different women. It might be less. I think I might've, I just read about Brian Callen, this, this, this comedian who just also got accused of, 
rape and sexual assault. So I might be confusing that number. It might be two women. And I, th- I think Brian Callen might have been four. But that's not even the point. The point is that it's, it's happened at all. The fact that it's happened at all. And that's the terrible part. Um, so uh, I found out Thursday. And yeah, some people asked me what I wanted to, to do. And um, I had even almost thought about doing a post. But then I thought, you know, is there really space in this conversation for another voice to just say something that everyone already feels like, okay, he's a, he's a bad guy. And, and I have an experience with him where I, I really believe this happened. Like I really believe this. I have no space in my heart to think that this could be any sort of false. Like, you know, sometimes with certain people that you really think, you know, and something bad like this happens, you have some space to be, to be a little bit more uh, wary of, of an accusation that doesn't have like immediate proof. Yeah. Yeah. You know, especially something that has like some years on it and you know, whatever. But I think because I'm going to talk about my experience with him in the studio um, and everything and the fact that it was more than just one woman and they were different years apart, these women. Yeah. Um, I, I wholeheartedly believe this um, even without some sort of like immediate uh, evidence or whatever, because it's, it really, and it's really hard to talk about because I, I, I felt that um, he. I think I was just so mad when I first found out because it was like, yeah, despite despite the things I had problems with in the studio with him and after, um, he was still like such a pivotal part of my musical growth. Like I found his first album and stuff. And it just changed everything for me. I just, I was just in love with it. I must have listened to it 10,000 times, you know? And I waited, I think, five years or whatever it was for his second record. I, I pre-ordered it. I got the vinyl. I, it was like such a big thing for me, this guy's music. And to even get him on the record was like, I can't believe it. We had him in our house. You were so happy to, I was so to, happy to get dude. him on your record. Now. So happy. So like in shock that it worked, you know? And um, we, we had him in our home. We, we shared an apartment in the mountains together. We shared the studio together. Um, and it really just breaks my heart that I had put that much like trust and, and admiration into someone that would, uh, that would do anything like this. I feel kind of betrayed and I feel kind of dumb. Like, of course you, you're, you're kind of like, how could I not have, I don't know. How could I have been so trusting to someone who could do this? But the thing is I can't do that. And you never know. Yeah, you how, never how fucking could you know. know? Yeah. You never know who's going to do something like this. Um, so he was. We, I had some problems with him when he came in the studio in the first place. He, um, he was uh, very, like at first he was very distant. I felt like he wasn't doing the work that we were paying him for, and that was already an issue. And then I, f- I found him very obnoxious. His personality was very disturbing and annoying, and. Um, you know, he was, uh, musically, I I found him kind of like a genius, like what he was putting on through the guitar and stuff was so incredible. And I still feel that way. Like if there's any sense of separating this from his music, like the stuff on this record is so special. Some of his guitar solos are my favorite solos on the record and they emphasize the emotion that the song is all about. That's the hardest part for me is like, He's helped create this emotion about my friends 
And now I have to feel like, okay, do I have to delete everything that I ever... This is exactly the point I know? wanted to ask you about because this is such a personal record. Yeah. It's not just, okay, I've collected some singles over the past year. This is a... It says it, it within the names, 12 songs for 12 friends. So I guess this runs deep. Yeah, it's not so easy. You know, someone asked... Um, someone, a friend was like, okay, do you, are you going to go back... Um, like I guess I guess I posted things about working with him maybe three years ago, and uh, they're like, "Are you going to go back and you know delete delete everything that associates you with him?" And then another person asked if I was going to, you know, say something online about it. And my thoughts about that were, you know, it's probably a good thing that I that I talk about it here because I have the space to do it, and yeah. you know, I'm so upset by it. And it's probably better to not make a post because I think, or just like the first thing is the post. I, I don't think that's the right idea. And I think I'm not going to do that because I don't want at all to try and in any way for it to look like I'm trying to make this about me. That's exactly the point. And you we know? have this, we have this kind of um, argument. We had this quite a, um, a few times recently with the whole Black Lives Matter discussion that happened online and before that the, the, the Me Too point and I think it's the right thing if you're not directly affected if you do not have a story directly related to those heavy accusations right, right. Um, it sounds harsh but don't don't waste space yeah exactly so exactly leave the room for for the women that have something to say about this and that exactly like nothing. had those horrible experiences, etc. And yeah. I guess you have the platform here to talk about it. And like we said, the 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 room to yeah to 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 dive in deeper and not just making it look like okay, hi, <laughs> right, exactly. I'm also here. Yeah, the difference is like the people who listen to this show. Yeah, they come to this show yeah. because they want. To hear what you and I have to say. Exactly. And that's different from making a post which is like, well, you're going to see it whether you like what I say or not. Yeah. And that's not what I'm about at yeah. all, at all. And um, yeah, nothing I could ever say on a post is going to benefit her or the other victim or the families or anything. No. Yeah. It's not going to further condemn him. I have no evidence or proof of anything of any kind of sexual behavior with him. You know, like he was a strange guy and I and I had a lot of problems in the process of working with him, but there was never anything that would have ever alluded that he was going to ever do anything sexual. In fact, I found him very asexual. We thought he was kind of like this weird, um, you know, like, I don't know, this like eunuch or something. He just didn't seem mm -hmm. like that kind of, but his posts were so strange too and like hypersexual. So it was just very hard to read him and, you know. Like, despite that, there's just nothing, there's no reason for a post. There's nothing I can add, nope. and I don't want to do that. And then the other thing was, um, are you going to go back and delete your association with him? That one's a bit more difficult because at the same time, I'm I'm obviously not going to further promote anything that I ever did with him. I don't want to encourage um, or, or make use off of his name for, for any profit or any sort of like, no. you know, anything like that, because I think it's disgusting and I think it's... And I'm so, like, the thing is, I'm just so enraged that that this happened. And, I, and I'm enraged that it happened to someone that I led into my home and that someone that I admired so much, you know? And I, I don't want to, um, I don't know that going back and deleting a picture of him where I say we've hired him 
makes me look better or worse. I don't think it changes anything. No. Like I don't, I don't personally, like if I had, um, let's say for example, I had a, a, another podcast with him. I would probably cut that out. Yeah. I would probably stop doing that show the same way Chris D'Elia doesn't do his show anymore. And the same reason like Brian Callen's not on fighter and the kid right now. And why, I don't know why Louis CK, if you know, not, not that he did, not that he raped, but that that's why he doesn't have a show anymore. That's why he's not, you know, on the main page anymore. Like I would stop doing things with him if I was doing things with him now. Yeah. You know, if we, if we were recording something together, that would stop. If we were doing a podcast together, that would stop. Um, and then that would be a chance for me to publicly condemn or to say like, I, to make a statement of like, you guys know me as the person who is always working with him on this show. And I never knew anything about this. And I, you know, my slate's clean with this. I had no idea. Um, but the fact was that he was a musician that I liked. We hired him to come into a studio. He played some guitar for us. He annoyed us a lot. Um, and then I was, I was actually a little mean to him because I talked about him, um, pretty openly during that time about how much he disappointed me with his behavior there. And then I had to even apologize to him and tell him that was like unprofessional of me that I should have talked to him first. And this whole like drama even went on that we even like made up after he left. I told him, I'm sorry that I talked like that. And I hope that you, you know, have a good career and stuff. You know, but that's the whole story. No. So for me to have hired him on one project three years ago and to have made an announcement about working with him like just a few times, I don't think there's any reason for me to scroll through two years old Instagram and delete a photo of him. Like I can, you know, but I don't. I don't think that benefits anyone. And I, it's not like I'm benefiting from keeping it or not keeping it. I think I don't understand that part of it. Plus, um, and I know this is a whole nother topic and a whole nother big argument yeah, yeah. people are having um, to, to talk about someone's art differently from, from the person separate the artist from, from the art. It's a whole nother it's a whole huge other argument. Thing. Yeah. But um, I mean, it is still a beautiful album that means so much to you. And it's not like that you participated on his project or whatever, or because the right. main ideas and the, 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 for the songs. And I, I guess like came from you, he right. just added a little something. Right. Right. And it's still an important album for you. And um, yeah, I, I guess no one, no one, <laughs> okay, whole nother dimension, but no one ever thought about deleting the Lord of the Ring movies from digital <laughs> platforms because of the Weinstein story. Right. Oh, that, yeah. Okay. That's a, I didn't even you know what I mean. I, I, I know it is super hard and it's a tough um, argument about whether you could separate the artists f- from the art, but. Um, since this is not about him and you didn't ever gave him and yes, of course, even if if you did, you didn't know, et cetera, et cetera, but you didn't even give him a voice for something. He just played guitar for you. That's it. That's That's it. it. Yeah. I never gave him a platform to, to, to do anything else. Yeah. He just showed up into a 
recording room and play guitar for me. Yeah, and I guess that's something we have to 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 get along with as a society because yeah. rapists are guitar players. They're politicians, they're movie politicians. producers, they're preachers, they're yeah. their dads and brothers and cousins and teachers and everything. They're they're anything and everyone and you just can't know. You just can't know. And yeah. Sometimes sometimes people can know, but often the case is you just are as surprised as everyone else. It's just as surprised as when someone you know has like a heart attack. You're like, I, I just saw them yesterday. I had no idea they were sick or I could not yeah. have imagined they'd be gone today. Yeah. It's the same feeling. Like I, I feel like I just um, have, have this um, giant bruise on, on some of my biggest musical inspiration. You know, like this no. fat bruise of like, I can't believe you were doing that. You fucking idiot. You monster, like you monster. Yeah. I, I can't I, believe you were doing this. Guess we definitely should link the, the article. Yes. You send yeah. me. We'll put the, uh, the pageants, the, her, her story in the description. And, um, I think I can get the other, the other Twitter accusation on there too. Because it's read through this guys, because I guess we all can agree on, we don't want any more rapists, no matter the, the, the business or whatever. And um, we want to be aware of this kind of content and read this this text because, yes, there is no evidence yet, but um, it is a pretty... But it, it's, it's pretty clear that it... Pretty clear, pretty, yeah. pretty graphic. Yeah. Um, and for me, the heaviest parts were... For me, the heaviest part of this text... I guess spoiling is not a thing here. Um, no, no, it's, it's after it's, it's after the, after the first after the first case of rape. She she accused. Um, she describes a situation where they they met again. So Epi Buffalo and her, right? And he just went up to her like, "Yeah, sorry for raping you and stuff." Right, and goes on. Yeah, yeah. That it blew me away. And honestly, I can I can see him saying that because of how strange he was to work with. Oof. He's he was so. Before that, I so couldn't, I, I could not have imagined a person, because the topic of rape is is one. It is a thing. It is a. It is a. So, yeah, it is clear yeah. within society there are still rapists, but it's the same with with racism. We already know that this is a bad thing, and we don't want to be linked with that. That's that's, that's exactly a it. problem with with racism. By right, where often when when you call some actions of a person racist, that they feel offended because you call them racist because they know that you don't want to be racist. Exactly, and I could not exactly. have imagined that in the year of I don't know what has it been two thousand ten something like that. Someone says sorry for raping you. Let's go out there and play a show. Yeah, I mean, for him to use that terminology at all you'd think if he if he didn't care you'd think if he didn't care about it he would have he would have said that differently like oh like like you know sorry i got a little crazy last night or something but to actually use the word rape is like oh man you're sick you're really sick you know and i feel so bad have you heard anything further because i've only read this one article um, well, I know that like basically every major indie music platform has posted an article like Noisy and IndieWire and no. Pitchfork and Sub Pop has Sub Pop. removed has removed the music. Yeah, Sub Pop, yeah, taking down his entire catalog. And I haven't looked at any other things from him. I know his Instagram's gone. I didn't look at YouTube yet to see. I can probably imagine his YouTube's cleaned up. Um, Spotify, I guess, is cleaned out now. 
But, no, but I, I don't think he has anything. a statement. Well, as okay. of, let's see, today's Tuesday, August 3rd. Yeah. Yeah, something like that. So I haven't, um, as as of now, I haven't seen a statement from him. I know okay. that I think Noisy or TMZ, no, not TMZ, he's not that famous, but someone um, someone asked a statement from him. I don't think he's put one out yet. No. Um, I know that like similar with, similar with Chris D'Elia, he, when he got accused, he stopped everything on social media. And from what I heard, he was collecting a statement with his lawyers, lawyers, plural, maybe. And he put out like one defense statement to TMZ. Mm -hmm. Um, but with Avi, I don't know. I know he's basically disappeared from social, which I guess is like the standard move but I don't know anything yet if he's defending himself or if he's honestly, he strikes me as someone that would just like go on, go on the run, you know, and like move to a different uh, town or something. And like, but do you know anything about, about legal terms or is something happening? I legal side. I don't know right now. I think, I think I'm probably going to re up. So, uh, you know, the thing is guys, this comes out Thursday. Who knows what's come out by then? You know, maybe, maybe you're listening to this and everything's changed by then. So you have to forgive if this is a bit in the past, if things change, I'm going to try and read up on it again, but I, I have, um, if we have any further information by Thursday, we will put in, in the show notes. Yeah, that's true. That's it. That's it. Um, yeah, we can put like a little asterisk, like, you know, listen to the story first. Here's the update. You know, if you haven't heard it, um, and of course, as things progress with this, you know, by next week, if there's a big change or a big statement or anything, we can, we can talk about it. But that's, that's the main, like, I hope I didn't fumble over my, over my words too much here. And I hope that what I said makes sense that, um, you know, this was probably the best place for me to say anything if I wanted to, I don't, I, I you know, I want this to be about the focus on, on her and about this story and that, um, if for any though, anybody who was, you know, thinking about the fact that they knew me and they knew that I had worked with him. That's the full extent, you know, we hired him. He played guitar. I thought he was really weird and he went back home and I didn't know anything about this stuff. And it just, honestly, I'm just really disappointed in all of it. And I'm really sad. I'm really sad about it. And I'm really angry at him. And I feel a little betrayed because he was kind of a musical hero. Like I, I was, you know, connecting my emotion to his songs so much. And I feel like I just had all that stolen away. Um, and that's, that's the full, that's the full thing. And, um, that's, that was my, uh, that's my say on it. That's what I wanted to say. Yeah. So thanks for sitting through that. I'm going to give you guys another joke now to cleanse the palate. Or you think it's too soon? It's probably a little too soon. We can let's take a little break let's, here. Let's ease out of it. Yeah. We're going to take, we'll take a five minute break and then, uh, we're going to send you guys off with a nice little joke. Okay. Yeah, we just wanted to take a little pause there to uh, breathe out the stuff we just talked about. And we wanted to make one thing very clear um, during the discussion of the uh, of the incident with Avi Buffalo. We, we weren't totally sure if we could name the victim. So in that break, we did look at the post and we realized that the victim has already named herself. And it is all right to say Rebecca Coleman. Um, is her name and she's in the band pageants and you can see her post in the link we're going to put um yeah so you wanted to bring a joke yes all right so 
Um, Still a tough transition, but we'll tough we'll, transition. we'll hustle through it. We can we can try. It's it's a very innocent a very innocent joke, very silly, like a kid's joke. Okay. So, um, okay, let's cleanse the palate here with this one. Let me just get the. Yes. Okay. 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 So, one day, all the animals in the forest decide that they are no longer going to poop in the woods. <laughs> They say, you know what? It's messy. It's everywhere. We're always stepping in it. It stinks. We're going to build special bathrooms all around the forest that you can use, but no more poop pooping in the forest at all. And they all agree on it. And one day, Mr. Bear is walking in the woods, collecting berries, and all of a sudden, oh, it strikes. He's got to go. And he's got to go now. He's too far away from any of the toilets. He's sweating. He's hurting. He doesn't really know what to do. So he just, he can't hold it back and he just, uh, he just poops. So he's looking at it and he, and he, he has a, a sense of relief, but he's also come so nervous because he sees through the distance that Mr. Fox is coming and Mr. Fox is going to get him in trouble if he sees what he's done. So he immediately just, cups his hands over it, just covers it with his paws. And then Mr. Fox walks up and he goes, uh, Hey, Mr. Bear, what you, what you doing? He goes, Oh, uh, oh nothing. You know, just uh, enjoying the nice uh, warm day. So what's the, uh, what's, uh, what you got under your hands there? Oh, uh, oh, it's, uh, it's a butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, Oh, really? Can I, uh, can I see? And he goes, uh, oh, yeah, uh, sure you can see. And as soon as he moves his hands up, he goes, oh, oh you just missed it. It just flew away. Oh, and it pooped in the woods. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a stupid joke, but <laughs> I love that joke. Oh, you just missed it. Oh, it's uh, Sean Vick. Oh, it's already gone. You already missed it. <laughs> oh man, that's such a such a good one. But um yeah, but I love those kind of kind of joke. Yesterday I love it. Um I saw something on Instagram. Have you heard of the the German gangster rapper Jesus? <laughs> no. <laughs> um so he's this really bad guy. He does not give interviews. He always looks like you don't want to meet him um in nice. the dark. He's from he's from Hamburg. He's been to prison before. Ooh. And he made an Instagram story yesterday. I guess it's... And he also makes a joke um, with a rabbit, a squirrel, and a fox. And I guess it's too long to completely translate it to English. And I guess it would not work. Mm -hmm. But it's too funny because this guy, he has no social media concept or something. He randomly just, I don't know, puts out some posts of him posing with a gun in front of a Mercedes or something. Nice. And so out of the blue, Classic. <laughs> there's this really bad looking guy telling you a joke about <laughs> a little rabbit and a fox. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> I have to show you afterwards. Um, we can maybe also um, link that if it's still away. No, it's an Instagram story. It's not available anymore. Um, oh, it's just a story. Okay, yeah. But I guess it's too long for... Um, for a complete translation. Yeah, I mean, I do tend to, I, I do occasionally like those longer jokes. Um, I remember at the at the uh, at the recording over the weekend, man, we sat there and we this this our friend Tim, he just told 
I mean, you know him. He told like a hundred great jokes, man. We have a, we have a, a group with him, a oh, messenger yeah, group right. together with him. And he spams it. Oh, man. With those kind of dad joke memes. In the uh, in that in the TV show thing with Basti, we uh, we made sure to do a little segment where we were like, um, you know, Tim tells really bad jokes, and then <laughs> we at the end of it, we he sat outside, um, just enjoying the the sunset, and he he told some really some really painfully bad but really good jokes at the same time. There's one of them I really like. He was like, um, "What do you do when your bass player knocks on the door? You pay for the pizza." <laughs> I love those jokes too. Like any, like any jokes about musicians, I I I, I love it. Um, But have you ever? That's one thing I want to know. Have you ever translated a joke from English to German yet? No, I think I haven't tried to do that yet. Just the reverse. Just this this yeah. one Tobias joke was easy to translate, but. um No, from English into German, I haven't tried that yet. That's pretty hard, I think, because you have to, like, with English and German, like, of course, the I mean, the punchline always goes at the end, but the placement of the words is yeah. totally different. Yeah. So it's all about the the rhythm. Yeah. yeah. But you know, there's this one crazy American guy having a podcast, all, always talking about different plateaus when learning a new language. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, keep, I <laughs> maybe, mentioned that so many times. <laughs> maybe that's another plateau. Mm. Maybe that's the last plateau. Being able to I think so. completely translate jokes into another language, and um, they're still funny. And it's still funny. That's that. I think that's like the ultimate language challenge yeah. to be able to tell, like, to like really make people laugh in another language. That's really difficult. But yeah, man, that's that's everything that's that's caught up for me. Um, do you? Is there anything else you want to you want to talk about before we call it? Nothing urgent. I mean, I hit, I hit the hit all the big points today for sure. We 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 will meet again next week, hopefully. Yes, hopefully. <laughs> I think it should work out. If your schedule doesn't lead to leaving me out of the show again, no, 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 no. <laughs> I hated it without you, man. I mean, it. I think the first one I did alone was a bit choppy and a bit over the top. <laughs> I found then, it so funny. I just <laughs> I posted it on my my private um social media account, but I just got a WeTransfer link and you can add this little description um, to WeTransfer links there. There's a little box. And I check my, my mails and go to this WeTransfer link and there's just one note. <laughs> Enjoy this hour of nonsense. <laughs> that's that's basically how I felt about it. I was, I was, I kind of, I just went all over the place. And then uh, the second one, I, I actually, I, I felt like I had more to talk about and it was more like straight, straightforward, but. You know, doing the podcast is such such a therapeutic time for me. Same. It's, you know, it's like the most consistent amount of time in the week that I talk. <laughs> you know, like I, I I chat with obviously with my wife and with friends and stuff, but no. the podcast is like the most open chance for me in terms of everything that I want to say. And I can really like think about it. And no. I know that at least a few people want to hear it, you know, so that's feels good. I always feel kind of like, ah. <sighs> When I'm done. And you know what? Two, in two months from now on, the room we're recording in now will be an actual living room with a pretty decent couch so you can even lay down for a little oh, <laughs> therapy if you want to. Oh, that's going to be nice. You guys are moving out of this place in two weeks? Two months. Two months. Oh, okay. I was like, wow, dude. In two months. Okay, cool. Nice. 
Yeah, I think we we'll probably have to do a little podcast break. And uh, let me let me get the calendar up really quick, just as a little heads up. We can always let them know. But I think um, the last two weeks of the podcast. I mean, who knows if I can um, do something. Maybe we can do some replays or I can um, do something from the phone just for fun, but um, like little clips, like little short things. But I think from middle of August through the the last two weeks, I don't think we're going to be able to do it like this. Okay. Because I'll be gone on a, on a holiday. So I think maybe next week, but I'll be in a holiday holiday as well from 14th till 23rd. Okay, then maybe we're just not there for two but weeks. But maybe we can we can give you guys a little best of, of the interviews we've had within this. By That'd the way, cool. we're so dumb. Now we're officially one year old with this podcast. Today or last N- week? Not sure about th- last week. Last week. Last week. Man, high five. <laughs> high five. Oh, that's great. Well, congratulations to you. So maybe next week we can do a little b- belated birthday special. Yeah. And when we're on vacation, maybe we can give the people a little best of the interviews we had in our first year That'd of artsy fartness. That'd be great. Plus two little three holiday impressions from both of us. That Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah, let's do that. Let's do that. Okay, cool. So keep listening. And um, if you liked what you heard today and it means anything uh, to you guys out there, please make sure to go to wherever you're listening to the show. If it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcast, give us a, a rate or a comment or a review. Subscribe to the show, share it online, or just even tell a friend. And uh, that goes a long way for shows like this. Thank you so much for listening. Happy anniversary. One year, Mo. I'm so happy about this. And uh, we will talk to you guys next week. Have I a great have, week. I have to add one thing. Yeah. If you have anything to say to us or know an artsy-fartsy immigrant we should feature or right. you have feedback for us, don't hesitate to send a mail to podcast at m945.de. Yes. Any, yeah. Anything you want to say, any ideas. Yeah. You can go to that, that email address or even on Instagram at artsy-fartsy-immigrants. You can send us a DM and we will see it and we will respond. Yes. All right, guys. Have a great week. Thank you. Bye bye. Look out, baby. The Saints are coming through. And it's all over now, baby blue. Artsy Farsi Immigrants. Ein Podcast von John Prince und Moritz Batscheider. Produziert für M94.5.